This is a global slaughter. That's why you ship out to the beach tomorrow, Major. General, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to decline. It's not an offer, it's an order. What day is it? For you, Judgment Day. 30 seconds to drop! Drop! How do I turn the safety off of my weapon? Come find me when you wake up! What? know what's happening to me we are fighting an enemy they have the power to reset the day and now so do you i'm not a soldier i'll train you you already have every time you die you get smarter but you have to finish this edge of tomorrow rated pg-13 experience it in imax 3d Hello, folks. This is Rico, and that was a preview to the new movie out just a couple of days ago uh, called Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. Is it Blunt? Bunt? Blunt, I think. <laughs> it's a sci-fi uh, futuristic uh, action movie, which uh, looks very good. I'm very excited to see it actually going later today with Mark, uh, my buddy. Uh, and we're going to go see that uh, later. Uh, so I won't be able to talk about it much, but I've heard some good things, and it looks... Uh, Looks definitely like the kind of movie that I'd enjoy. But on today's podcast, which is show number 491 for Treks in Sci-Fi, we're closing in on uh, podcast 500. That's incredible. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, uh, today is June the 8th, uh, 2014. And uh, the main topic, uh, we're going to do what I would call, what I normally have called for a while, uh, a classic Treks in Sci-Fi going to be looking at a Trek episode, Deep Space Nine, Season 7, uh, called When It Rains, which is one of the last episodes of Deep Space Nine. It's about the fifth to last episode uh, from the last season. So it's kind of right in the middle of uh, uh, the whole wrap-up of the Dominion War and everything going on with Dukat and the Cardassians and the Dominion and all that good stuff. And uh, uh, the the basic premise of this one, if I remember right, uh, it is, uh, well, I'm going to play it and watch it with you, but it, this is the one where Kira has to go off and, and train uh, soldiers on Cardassia, which, of course, is a, uh, not exactly a pleasant uh, uh, concept or uh, task for Kira to do, so that uh, that's a good part of it, and there's a lot of other stuff going on in that one, so going to talk about a few other things, uh, Trek and Star Wars and latest movies and all kinds of good stuff. And I want to thank also Rick Moyer and Jeff, uh, Jedi Jeff, for uh, uh, doing that cool Star Wars podcast last weekend. It was excellent, guys. I uh, really appreciated that. Uh, great job. Uh, and uh, I'll talk more about that in a minute or two here on Treks in Sci-Fi. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen. I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of War. This 
resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's trick flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate to see it's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Reach Cold, and you're listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. All right, I'm back. And, yeah, again, thanks uh, to the guys last week for doing that cool show. Uh, interviewed Rick Moyer, interviewed Don of the Star Wars shop there in Washington. And uh, really, really cool stuff. It's good. got a video of it up as well. So uh, check out the podcast notes over at treksandsci-fi.com on the forum. Or, the, or, or, sorry, the notes are on the main page. They're also on the forum. They're also on the Facebook group, uh, email for the show, treksf at gmail.com, PayPal donations, iTunes reviews, do it all, do it all. <laughs> well, how's everybody? I hope everyone's uh, well. I think the last time I did a show two weeks ago was I, I did the Motor City Comic Con vidcast. Uh, a lot has happened in the last couple of weeks for me. Personally, I, uh, I had a trip to Mexico for uh, for work for about a week, uh, which was uh, quite an experience. Actually, believe it or not, with all of my travels, uh, it's the first time I ever went to Mexico. And yep, never, even though I spent a few years growing up in California, never been to Mexico, Tijuana, even across the border, never, never been there. So uh, yeah, I went to, uh, actually, uh, the place I went to is probably a place a lot of people don't really go to in Mexico. It's uh, Chihuahua, which uh, I did some research and, and there's Supposedly, way back in the day, maybe those little 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 purse-sized dogs did sort of maybe start there the breed, but I didn't see one little Chihuahua dog in, in anywhere. I saw a couple of dogs, but they they weren't little ones. And um, but yeah, it's a cool place. Uh, elevation about a, almost five thousand feet. So uh, I, and I didn't even realize that at first. You know, I live here in Michigan, where we're pretty much down at you know ground zero. So uh, the, the one of the guys I was traveling with, he had just actually, just within the last few weeks, he'd gotten over a, uh, I don't know if you call it a mild case, but he had pneumonia. So he had been coughing and, and, and still trying to recover from that. So up in that thin air, dry air, it was pretty warm. Uh, I'm not sure if it helped or hurt him. <laughs> he was... He seemed to be still having a little trouble. But, uh, yeah, it's a neat place. It, it's lovely. I, I really like that kind of... Uh, landscape, mountains, desert. Uh, I, I I really like the southwest part of the country. I think I I got to like the desert when I lived in California. Like I said, uh, for a couple of years. So really neat. Uh, people were nice. Food was great. Uh, yeah, I didn't get sick or anything like that. I I, I even though I drank some. Uh, we went to a um, you know I do automotive coatings, and we were there at a a wheel facility that basically makes and paints wheels for cars, which is much more complicated than anyone you could imagine who isn't in the business. But uh, suffice it to say, in the in the plant, it was pretty warm, and, and they had these Gatorade uh, kind of uh, coolers set up here and there. And I don't mean Gatorade in a bottle, sealed. I mean, like, mixed up in a, in a thing where you... You get a little paper cup and you get it. And, and it was so warm one day, you know, somebody was showing us around the place inside the plant. 
said, oh, yeah, you can have some Gatorade over there. And I didn't even really think about it. And I just went over and drank a few cups. And then a guy, one of the guys I was traveling with later on tells me, you know, uh, we usually don't drink that because the water it's made with isn't necessarily always the best. <laughs> and he told me this, I think, a couple of days later. And I felt fine. I was, I, you know, so hopefully, you know, I got lucky, I guess, perhaps. I don't know. But uh, it's, uh, I, I think there's a lot of areas in Mexico where I think the water has, the water quality is not a, a problem so much anymore. You know, it's amazing what a little... Uh, chlorine and chlorination and 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 just you know proper water treatment plants and stations can help that so uh, i mean i did drink a lot of bottled water we'll say that and we drank a lot of cerveza and beer <laughs> a lot of cerveza at night so um it, it uh that you know drink beer out of a bottle you're pretty safe except for the you know what how you feel in the next day i mean i really probably i think most nights i was having like two i'm not a whole big I'm not a huge drinker. A, a beer here or there, you know, a couple times a week is fine, but that's about it. So unlike this uh, non-sci-fi movie that I watched last night, I finally watched this movie Flight with Denzel Washington. That guy has a drinking problem. So, But, uh, yeah, Mexico, very cool. I, had, I put up uh, some Facebook pictures. You know, I was clicking away when I was down there with my camera phone. I, I didn't really take a regular camera and didn't really get a chance to sightsee a lot. Uh, I didn't get a chance to get out and about like I did when I was in China. So, uh, yeah, neat, uh, very neat. And uh, I'm expecting to probably have to go back down there, not even just to Chihuahua, but uh, a couple other places in Mexico that we do business with in the near, probably not too distant future. So, so that's kind of what was going on for me. It was the week before last that I was down there. And uh, this past week, it was kind of just catch up uh, at work and on things around the house. So it's good to be back in the normal seat of podcasting. And I'm slowly trying to use and tie in my Mac uh, to do the show. Today, when I watch the Deep Space Nine episode, I'm going to play the episode on the Mac and feed it into the mixer. And I'm still recording in Audacity on my main Windows machine. I haven't taken the plunge to use GarageBand yet. So uh, a little bit, little at a time, a little at a time. So I have done definitely some videos, though, using iMovie on, on the Mac. Uh, I've done a couple of things. I did this Katie Sackhoff video. I, I did the uh, the last, of course, uh, Motor City Comic Con video, vidcast. Uh, those all can be found over at Vimeo uh, because YouTube takes everything I put up there down anymore. Uh, and uh, Vimeo, if you just go to Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O forward slash Trekkie, you'll see all my videos. And we have things from like the Austin Comic Con and the Anomaly podcast that they did for the Austin Comic Con is there too. A couple other things. I, I'm hearing, uh, I think it was Joe who posted up something about Vimeo. Uh, Going to maybe start cracking down on videos that are posted. And I, I just... It makes me sad, you know. I, 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 you try to do these things, have some fun, you know. Put up some clips, put up some music uh, here or there. You're not like rebroadcasting, you know, movies, you know, fully on these things. It, it's only good marketing and advertising for these companies, and they just trash it, and they just want it all. <laughs> they want to control it all. They want to take it all down, and I, I just, it, it, uh, it's, it's bothersome. Let's just put it. it that's the. Uh, least uh, offensive term I could use. <laughs> so, um, but uh, that's enough about all that kind of jazz. I'm going to take, I think, here a short break, and I'll come back. We'll talk about Star Wars, Star Trek, things going on in the, uh, you know, geek world, and uh, and then we'll get into the Deep Space Nine episode. 
What are you guys doing? Huh? What are you guys doing? Listening to static. What? Listening to static. Kate, what? Didn't you know all the cool kids are doing it? Hey guys, guess what? I found something even cooler than static. Cooler than static? Nothing's cooler than static. Yep, it's the Rusted Robot Podcast. So cool, it's better than static. The Rusted Robot Podcast. <laughs> it's better than static. Search the Rusted Robot in a podcast store near you. No robots were harmed in the making of this commercial. No substitutions. Results may vary. Rusted Robot. All right, I'm back. Um, what's going on with Trek? Uh, well... A few things. Uh, one, if you're into gaming, the Star Trek Online game, which has been out for several years now, is still going. I keep meaning to get back into it. I've played it off and on here or there, but uh, just uh, so little time and so much to do, I guess, is my excuse or answer for that. Uh, but they're doing a new uh, second annual summer event uh, involving Risa, uh, the planet, you know, the vacation spot of the Federation, I guess. It uh, it goes on from June 5th to June 17th, so if you want to give it a shot, Star Trek Online, of course, can be, is free to play now, so you can make an account and, and play some the basic parts of the game uh, without paying any kind of monthly fee. So check that out. I you know it's a, it graphically and there's a lot of cool stuff about the game, a lot of cool missions. Uh, it is uh, it, it's it's well done, and I recommend at least you know if you're a big Star Trek fan, especially if you're a gamer, you know give it a shot for for a little bit, especially since you can try it out for free. And then if you want to pay a monthly fee, you can get more stuff to do in the game, more advantages and things. The uh, Star Trek continues, folks. Uh, I've got a new uh, a new fan film coming up here really soon. It's going to be episode or number three in their their fan film series. It is called the fairest of them all, and the title is a little strange because it's a uh, it's sort of a follow up to the TOS episode, the Mirror Mirror episode, and that is let's see here, it's going to be coming out actually in about a week, uh, next weekend. It should be available online on Vimeo and YouTube, or on June fifteenth. It's going to be premiering at the Supernova Con in Sydney, Australia. They're also doing a special event in Las Vegas at AMC Town Square on July 31st, 2014. So check that out. They've uh, they've also got this uh, actress who looks very much like Barbara Luna, uh, but, you know, when she was younger and in, in, in the episode Mirror Mirror, you know, of course she played Marlena. Uh, and she, that actress is Asia DeMarcos, I think. So, um, so yeah, check that out when you get a chance. Uh, we've got the 30th uh, anniversary of uh, The Search for Spock, the third Trek film uh, this month. It came out in 19, uh, June of 1984. I can still actually remember seeing it in the movie theater. It, uh, you know, Star Trek III for me was always a, a pretty good follow-up to The Wrath of Khan. There's a lot of things I really like about that third film. Uh, I, I like the camaraderie between the main characters, stealing the Enterprise, of course, uh, Genesis Planet, getting Spock back. It, it, it's it's cool. It's a, uh, a neat movie, and uh, I always enjoy watching that one. So what else do we have going on? 
it looks like uh, it looks pretty certain. I guess uh, Robert Orsi, or, sorry, Roberto Orsi, is going to probably be the one directing the next Star Trek film, which everyone is expecting to come out in about two years in in 2016, which will be, of course, the 50th. Yes, I was almost going to say the 40th. <laughs> can't do any math on early Sunday morning. The 50th anniversary of uh, Star Trek, you know, which started on the on the air, at least, uh, in 1966. So it'll be the 50th anniversary, and what better way to have celebrate that with a new film uh, from, uh, you know, these guys that have been doing the last couple, uh, I'm sure with the same cast and, and, and crew and everyone involved. Uh, of course, J.J. Abrams is off doing Star Wars, so he won't really be involved that much. Although I'm hearing, you know, I've heard that he's still going to be somehow executive, you know, somehow connected to it a little bit, help um, help point them in the right direction, you know, more lens flare, stuff like that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, planned. And, you know, the, the, it's still my prediction that basically sometime around that time, we'll also hopefully get, in a, get a new Star Trek series either announced or started. Who knows, maybe it'll be announced sooner than that, but I, I still think that we're a couple of years away from Star Trek back on television. And, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think that that uh, Star Trek onto a network station, even a syndicated network station like it was on uh, when it was last seen on TV like UPN, I think the UPN station is basically the UPN network is dissolved now, right? It's gone. There is no UPN network. But uh, I, I really think that Star Trek would be better served to be on something like Netflix, possibly Hulu, Amazon, and or, you know, one of the cable giants like HBO, a la Game of Thrones or Showtime, perhaps. I think they could really do a cool job with it. I think they could keep, a you know, maybe like I say, a 12 episode season, something like that, and, and maybe have a cool, you know, bigger budget and bigger epicness to it rather than being on one of the main networks like CBS. You know, obviously CBS would be the primary candidate since they are they own it. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, lots of possibilities, as Spock would say. Uh, I guess we can segue and talk a little bit about Star Wars. Of course, you know, things are definitely cooking on that front. Uh, there's been some supposedly leaked quote-unquote pictures, TMZ, in the last week or so, some creatures around where they're filming uh, in Abu Dhabi. You know, this is pretty much looks like Tatooine. They've got some set pieces, some small set pieces. They also had some pictures of uh, the Millennium Falcon under construction. And J.J. Abrams even wrote this this funny little note that said, you know, I wish people would stop leaking pictures from the set. You know, in this these outrageous claims of the Millennium Falcon being in the movie. And if you look the way that this little note that he wrote and he he put this uh, picture up on uh, Twitter, I think. It's obviously this note is laying on the holographic chess table in the Millennium Falcon. So it's, a, you know, Han's back, Leia's back, Luke's back. The Millennium Falcon's going to be back. So uh, rest assured on that. That's not, you know, this is any, you know, to me, I don't even look at those things as spoilers. I mean, the cast has been announced. And you really believe the, you know, fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy is not going to be back in this movie? Come on. Come on, J.J., you know, get back to working on the movie and stop writing funny little notes and putting them on Twitter. So, no, I, I, I like the approach that they're doing so far. I mean, there's definitely, we're likely, you know, we're only a year and a half away from the movie. Think about that uh, from being released in December of 2015. So, there, you know, we'll probably have some kind of a mini teaser trailer by the end of this year. 
and with with this cast it's it's and they've just announced uh, a couple of new cast uh, uh, people in it uh, and I, I i can't i'm not even going to look up these people's names but one of them is that uh, black actress the african-american actress that just won an, like an academy award lupita whatever her name is uh, this is terrible i should look this stuff up but sorry people <laughs> And then, of course, Brienne from Game of Thrones, whatever that actress's name is, uh, she's going to be in it, too. And she's like this statuesque, you know, six-foot-something. Uh, I think she's mainly been a model. I don't think she's even done a huge amount of acting besides Game of Thrones. I'd have to look that up to be sure. But uh, she's great in Game of Thrones. And I, I think both of those, uh, you know, there was this big, um, I don't know if it was big or not, but there was some discussions about when the cast was announced, you know, the the amount of female characters, especially in the new group, you had this Daisy uh, Riddler character, or Ridley, whatever her last name is, who's obviously going to be the this the daughter of, of Han and Leia. But you didn't have a lot of other female characters introduced. And you have Leia back, of course, but she's older and she's not going to be in the action that much. So everybody was like, hey, how come there aren't any more women? What's going on? How come there aren't, you know, what's, you know, and... And I think I've kind of always said, you know, well, Star Wars, at least, you know, pretty much all the movies so far have been really more guy oriented. I Whether it's right or wrong, it's just the way it's been. And this is, of course, obviously gives them an opportunity to introduce some new female, strong female characters and having two pretty, you know, hot actresses. And I don't mean hot as in attractive, although they're certainly both attractive. I mean hot as in they're, they've been in some pretty cool new recent projects to to grab both of those actresses and put them in this movie i think is giving them a lot of uh, a lot of cred uh, i i i would assume one's going to be kind of a, a good guy one's going to be a bad guy or bad girl bad or, and good girl i don't know or woman <laughs> sorry but uh i that's my that's a guess there was there were rumors that lupicia was going to be possibly uh, asaj Ventress, uh, possibly. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, lots of lots of speculation. Lots of rumors. You know, crazy amount. You know, this is the vacuum of. We uh, happened with the last Star Trek movie. Happens with any movie that, that there's a lot of attention to, and you don't get a lot of information. Is that people? Well, you know what? I'm not getting a lot of information, so I'm going to create my own information. So there's a lot of chitter chatter and and talk about these films, but uh, I think everybody's excited for them. Uh, Rick and Jedi Jeff talked about it last week. It's uh, you know the the danger, of course, is you know the hype, hype, hype machine will be going strong, and how can anything match what it is? But I I'm just going to be happy if we get a good solid movie. The 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 characters that we all love and and a lot of us grew up with are going to be back on the big screen, and uh, you know. It's it's exciting, and so let's just uh, hope it's it's good, and and not hope that it's going to be you know some kind of mind altering or life altering experience, and we're all gonna you know just be so blown away that it's like oh my gosh, it's so you know it's just it, you got to keep uh, your expectations in check to a degree. I don't mean to be excited and hopeful. I certainly am, but I I uh, I think it'll be good. I think JJ. I think the team. I think these actors. The it. it they certainly have all the pieces in play, and I think, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams has always stated, you know, he's such a huge Star Wars fan that I, I think it's in good hands. I think he knows the essence and what the real appeal of Star Wars is, and it isn't about the effects. It's about the characters and good character work and making, you know, some 
emotional connection to them and and that all you know good script a good story so we'll we'll see how this all all plays out uh, it's going to be very interesting i think one of the things i'm most interested in seeing is how they how they blend or how they create a a a world past you know return of the jedi and and pick and choose what to sort of what elements to use not really exactly use from the the books that have been done but how to approach that because because there's going to be comparisons they're going to be made you know there it's going to be well the books did it better or i really miss the fact that we don't have mara jade around or you know that luke's all alone living like a hermit on tatooine now or whatever it is all that kind of stuff is going to happen so you know there's a balancing act they have to perform here of of creating something that's a worthy kind of deep world for people who have read a lot of these books i think without um just copying them uh you know what i mean i think you guys hopefully you know what i mean it's uh i wouldn't want that it's a monumental task i wouldn't want to like have to rewrite in a way and that's kind of what they're doing you know rewrite in a way what 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 has been for 30 years you know books that have come out taught telling these stories past uh Return of the Jedi, and granted, you know, there's a huge number of people out there that have never picked up a Star Wars novel and never read a book, that only know it from the films. So all of those people won't, it'll all be fresh and new to them, you know what I mean? It it won't, nothing, they will have no preconceived thoughts or notions at all, so, and that's a, it's a huge group. I, I'd, I'd really... It'd be interesting to figure out how much of of the the movie going public is going to be like that. You know, is twenty percent of the people in in the theater going to have read some Star Wars books? You know, over the course of when they see Episode Seven, you know, what is it? How many how many people really are are big Star Wars fans that have that have read you know one or more of the of the books that have come out? Anyway, I'm rambling now, so you know what? I'm going to get right into Deep Space Nine. Let's do that now. We will be talking and watching together, or I'll be watching and you'll be hearing the audio to the Season 7 episode. This is Episode 21 of Season 7. It is called When It Rains, dot, 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 dot. Uh, it is sort of um, the middle or so of that end group of about eight or nine episodes that finished up the uh, Deep Space Nine story. So here we go with that. All right, here we go. Deep Space Nine. At Shintaka, our entire fleet was disabled when the Breen engaged their energy-dampening weapon. 311 ships, Federation, Romulan, and Klingon, all lost power. But one didn't. A bird of prey called the Katang. Why? What was different about the Katang? We're not really sure. The only thing we can figure is that just prior to the engagement, their chief engineer adjusted the tritium intermix to compensate for a containment problem. Uh, Martok is here. Uh, There's a Romulan. And the Klingon fleet to adjust its reactor the same way. Our vessels are of a different design. Can this technique be adapted to protect them as well? Unfortunately, no. Your ships are still vulnerable, and so are ours. I've sent everything we know about the Breen weapon to the Romulan Ministry of Science and to Starfleet Engineering. But realistically, it's going to take a while before they can figure out a way to protect our ships. Thank you, Mr. O'Brien. This episode is uh, directed by Michael Those Dorn, by the way. Seems Worf. as if the Klingon fleet is the only thing that stands between us and the Dominion. What have we come to? By tomorrow, we'll have 1,500 Klingon vessels ready for deployment. 
With the Breen, the Cardassians, and the Jem'Hadar, you're still outnumbered 20 to 1. I am aware of that, General. Obviously, the Klingons can't go head-to-head -head with the Dominion, but they may be able to keep them distracted. We'll operate in small battle groups, going in under cloak, engaging the enemy, and trying to provoke them into pursuit. With any luck, they'll be able to keep the Dominion off balance and prevent them from launching an offensive. For how long? They can't keep them at bay forever. No, they can't. But fortunately, we're not the only ones the Dominion has to contend with right now. Damar's resistance movement. What's left of them? Half his troops were killed in the assault on Rondak. They may have failed to capture Rondak, but their attacks sent a message to the Cardassian people. If the rebels can show them that they have a chance of succeeding, their support will grow. Does the rebellion have a chance of succeeding? Yes, but they have to adjust their tactics, concentrate on small-scale hit-and-run attacks, sabotaging key facilities. I like the fact that we've got all of, you know, the main uh, people here together trying to fight and work together against the Dominion. You want me to go behind enemy lines and teach a bunch of Cardassians how to be resistance fighters? I'm aware of the irony. But the tactics you use to drive the Cardassians off Bajor are exactly what the situation calls for. To work with Damar. When he killed Zial, he murdered an innocent girl that I considered a part of my family. You're going to have to put your personal feelings aside. And whether you like Damar or not is irrelevant. We need him. The Dominion knows they have to stop his rebellion before it spreads. And it's up to you to see that they don't. It's as simple as that. Yes, sir. Yeah, just as easy as that. No problem. I understand that Damara and his men went into hiding after the attack on Rondak. Any idea how to locate them? I suggest you talk to Mr. Garrick about that. Garrick? He still has contacts on Cardassia. If I were you, I would ask him to join your team. He might be useful. Damar and Garrick should be an interesting mission. Yeah, so of course Kira's not too uh, not too pleased about this, and you know she's obviously you know under the under the Cardassians' rule when they were over Bajor, so it's it's understandable. Okay, this episode uh, first aired back on ooh, it's almost uh, within a month or so of right now, May fifth, nineteen ninety nine. So what are we at? Uh, 15 years ago. Teleplay by Rene Echevarria and story by Rene and Spike Stengasser, directed by Michael Dorn, of course. This episode, like I said earlier, I dial this music down a little bit. This episode involves a lot of things, you know, there's a lot of things going on in here. There's things going on with uh, Kira, obviously, and the Cardassians. Uh, with with Garrick, with Bashir, uh, Galran even shows up later on, and uh, it, you know it's a complicated episode, and I understand that. And there's also uh, you know a lot of things that happen before this and after this, but I, I I like this this last you know eight or nine episodes of Deep Space Nine. It's a great arc. They really uh, did a good job, I think, at ending this series and wrapping things up. And it's uh, it's always a uh, some of the favorite stuff to me in Deep Space Nine that uh, went on was during this arc. So uh, it's uh, it's a good one, and uh, I think it'll be fun to talk about it and, and watch it here. 
Uh, we have some good guest stars too. Vaughn Armstrong is in this. Uh, we've got Robert O'Reilly as Galron. Uh, Barry Jenner as Admiral Ross there, who was at the beginning. And uh, and just the, most of the cast is here, although you don't see a lot of Worf because he's directing it's the episode. It's very difficult to keep a supply of <laughs> synthetic organs on hand in a battlefield situation. You never know how many livers you're going to need. <laughs> or uh, how many hearts. I can imagine. So we have Odo and Bashir here uh, having a little talk. Well, the holy grail of organ replacement is to be able to find a way to inject the patient with uh, undifferentiated tissue so that it can become whatever organ is needed. The only problem is... Doctor, get to the point. I need to borrow a cup of goo. Excuse me? Please? I'll give it back. You see, I need to study your morphogenic matrix so that I can synthesize organic tissue that can change form the way your cells do. To use for organ replacement. Exactly. Well, can't you just oh, scan me or something? I need a sample. It's for a good cause. <laughs> sample of goo. <laughs> All right, so doctor is like holding up this beaker here and... Just a tad more. It's interesting, you know, I wondered, like, what? How much could Odo lose of himself? I'm going to want that back as soon as Kira and I return from our mission. Oh, you're going with her? She thought I might be useful. When do you leave? As soon as Garrick can locate Damar. So he's got this little beaker of uh, yellowish, almost looks like caro syrup to me, uh, goo of uh, Odo's to do I'm some tests on. Concerned. It's not like Solbor to disappear this way. Now here's Kai Wynn, uh, Louise Fletcher, you know, the, the evilest Kai ever. <laughs> well done. I almost believed you myself. How like a Cardassian to find amusement in an old man's death. You don't know how much I regret having to kill him. He was going to expose us. And we have no the decardassified, you know, Ducat here. Remember your place, Ducat. I thought my place was in your bed. That was before I knew who you were. Madame, I'm not the same man I was during the occupation. The Pomerates have changed me. But they can't change what you did. Do you really think I could let myself be touched by a man whose hands are stained with the blood of my people? When well, you maybe, you know, it's a cold night out, you know, I don't know. Caves, your hands will be stained as well. The paw wraiths will spare those who may find worthy. Ah, the paw the wraiths, are yes. No consequence. Never really liked them very much. Certainly don't You've like uh, some of some of what days. they did. Perhaps I could help. The text of the Costa Mojin is for my eyes alone. Well, have you learned what we have to do to release the paw rates? Only that it's not a simple matter. Believe me, I've had enough of your distractions. Yeah, go on. This arc here with Dukat and Kai Wynn kind of pops in and out of these last few episodes of, uh, excuse me, Deep Space Nine. It's uh, 
it's a weird relationship, I think. When he's going uh, you know, shift to arrive in it, the morning. It, it sort of makes sense, but then it sort of doesn't make Mark sense. seems a little nervous about the ceremony. Chancellor Garan is traveling all the way from Kronos to induct him into the Order of Kalos. I'd be nervous, too. Come in. Good news. Garrick was able to contact Damar. He's provided us with his location and has requested assistance as soon as possible. So with uh, your permission, Garrick. I'd like to depart first thing tomorrow. By Andrew Robinson, means. always fantastic. Uh, there is one other thing. Yes, Mr. Garrick. Uh, Damar expressed concern when I told him that Colonel Kira would be leading this mission. Well, if he wants to defeat the Dominion, he's going to have to put his personal feelings aside. He's certainly willing to do that. He knows the value of your skills. Demar is concerned that his men will see your uniform as an affront. We Cardassians are a proud people. Losing Bajor to a ragtag band of terrorists, no offense, was a humiliation. Simply put, Taking on a Bajoran officer as an advisor would undermine his authority. Ah. Sorry, Colonel. So the... We'll have to find someone else to head up the mission. Nope. No. Put a new uniform. <laughs> Change your uniform. Here we go. Colonel Kira's the best person for the job. There's another way around this problem. I don't know. Do you really think it'll make a difference to the Cardassians that you've been given a Starfleet commission? You're still a Bajoran. A Bajoran with the authority to speak on behalf of the Federation. You realize you're going to have to do something about your uniform as well. I was afraid you were going to say that. Well? It's a little drab. This is how I appeared when I worked for the Cardassians. Ah, well, it should put them at ease anyway. <laughs> I like Kira I in a uh, Starfleet uniform, Bashir too. I, could help it's, uh, it's a good look for her. I'm only willing to go so far. Tomorrow's men are just going to have to get used to the idea of having me around. Oh, they'll tolerate you to a point. If I were you, I'd watch my back. I'll see you in the morning. Yeah, so Odo was able to change his clothes a lot faster than uh, Garrick uh, could uh, create a uniform for Kira, although don't they just have them around, like, replicated? It, uh, Our food supplies are running low. We'll have to cut back on rations until we can get a hold Seems like a tailor is a little when I spoke to Garrick, a weird I thing to have in the future sometimes when you think about it. Replicators. We're in no position to turn down help no matter where it So comes. now we're here at Damara's little Cardassian uh, resistance cell that they've uh, formed. Terrorist. Kira Nerys has certain skills she's willing to teach us. Skills we need if we're going to defeat the Dominion. I can't believe what I'm hearing. When we were stationed on Taraknor, you used to spend hours telling me how much you despised her. I did hate her. That's a luxury I can no longer afford, and neither can you. I hated her because she I was so darn good at what she was doing in her job and, and being a resistance fighter. <laughs> so it's kind of a mutual respect thing. General, Mr. Worf. So now we have uh, Worf and uh, Garon meeting Space here. Nine, Chancellor. Ah, Garon. It's been too long, Captain. You know Admiral Ross? We met at Kitterman. Admiral, of course. Martok. The man I came to honor. 
the son of Moog. Chancellor? They say you've made him part of your house. That's true. Then what is past is past. If Martok considers you his brother, that's all I need to know. Come, I brought a barrel of the finest blood wine. And it must be drunk tonight! Ah, <laughs> 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 the Klingons, they have the definitely the most fun uh, species anyway, in, you I know, finally tracked her down to Quark, Trek. And I asked her flat out, Esri, why are you avoiding me? She was just about to answer when I got called away. I have a notice of avoiding you. You sure you're not imagining things? Our paths haven't crossed in days. What's well, a big station? The truth is, you want to spend time with her. So it seems that she's never around. There's something going on, and I'm going to find out what it is when she gets here. I told her I'd like to discuss the results of her last medical exam. Isn't that unethical or something? Well... Is that Odo? Part of him, anyway. Oh, never mind. I don't want to know. Computer! Begin a morphogenic enzyme analysis. Hi. Esri. Hi. Um, you wanted to see me? Yes. Uh, come on in. So now, uh, Chief, well, time um, to leave. It was good running into you. I haven't seen you in days. Uh, Nicole DeBoer so, uh, had to come in for, you know, of course, Terry Farrell as Dax. Uh, tough spot, but I, I thought she is. did a good job with it. I, I, I really did to think Ezra you know, was uh, an okay character. And we never finished our conversation the other day. Our conversation? Yes, Quarks. You were telling me uh, why uh, you were avoiding me. Well, I guess now is as good a time as any. Well, it goes back to when Morf and I were held prisoner by the Breen. We spent a lot of time together. Naturally. And you can imagine that it would bring up all sorts of old feelings. Sure. And, well, one thing led to another. And Esri, you don't have to say any more. But I want to. No, really. Um, I wish you both all the happiness in the world. Who? You and more. <laughs> no, Julian. Esri, it's not... there's no need to explain. No, you don't understand. What I'm trying to tell you is that I'm. Oh in my love. God. What? Julian, what's wrong? So, uh, Julian there discovered something in Odo's stuff. Is Odo's goo. Unusual. Unusual in what way? The disease that's killing your people. You're infected. Yeah, if you remember this uh, little disease that Odo actually My carries. My guess became infected when you linked with the female shapeshifter. Well, he'll Are tell you, sure you here a little. This? He doesn't have any symptoms. So far. But from what I can tell, the virus is replicating quickly. And it may not be long before symptoms start to surface. Well, we have to get you back to the station. No. 
We have a mission to accomplish. I intend to see it through. Odo. It's all right. At this point, there's not much I can do. But I feel confident that's going to change. What do you mean? I'm running a series of tests on the sample that you left me. And I've asked Starfleet Medical to send the results from the tests they ran on you a few years ago. By comparing the results, I might be able to figure out how this virus works. And that may well lead to a cure. Thank you, Julian. We should be crossing into Dominion space in just a few minutes. I'd better scan for enemy patrols. And of course, back to that conversation, Esri is actually, of course, in love with uh, Dr. Bashir, with Julian, not with Worf, uh, with uh, her current, uh, even with the symbiote, uh, symbiote Dax inside of her. It's really Julian that she uh, is in love with. All right, so now we're back with, uh, you know, the more Cardassian-looking Dukat, and he's poking around here, I think, in Kai Wynn's uh, office. Looking in this, uh, this book here that she was talking about earlier. So some sort of like a red light popped out of the Ducat? book and zapped Ducat in his eyes. Help me, you fools! I can't see. I warned you. The text of the Coast of Mojin is for my eyes alone. This actually, from what I read in Memory Alpha, was a, a little bit of a ploy to sort of slow down this Kai Win and Ducat. What they were working on during these last episodes to make it sort of match up with the every, everything else going on. So, uh, kind of a neat trick by making Ducat uh, blind for a time. In the manner, tortas. Now they're at a ceremony here back on Deep Space Nine with a bunch of Klingons. They're slicing their palms and putting a little blood into the blood wine. I think. I accept this honor. In the name of the House of Martok, and ask only to be allowed to continue to serve the Empire. Stings. That's what the blood wine's for. Congratulations, General. Uh, <laughs> How does it feel to be the most famous warrior in the Empire? 
I am grateful for the opportunity to serve. And you served well. But you've borne the burden of this war for a long time. I do it gladly. And I'll keep on fighting until the victory is ours. No, my friend. I can't ask you to carry this weight forever. It's time for me to take a more active role in this war. And so today, I'm assuming direct command of our forces. What? Say what? Uh, why? Why? Uh-huh. He's been doing fine on his own. Let Martok do it. Are you unsatisfied with the way I have performed my duties? Would I have given you the Star of Kaelas if I was not satisfied? You should be happy. You're a warrior again. No more meetings, no more reports to file. You'll be up there, savoring the heat of battle. I envy you. I intend to see an end to this war end soon. The Dominion will rule the day. They heard my name! No, I don't want to talk to Lieutenant Douglas. I've already talked to Lieutenant Douglas. I need a copy of these test results. My patient's life is at stake. I wish I could help, but as I said, the files you requested are classified. Why would Odo's medical records be classified? They are. That's all I know. I want to talk to your supervising officer. You did, Lieutenant Douglas. Then I want to talk to her supervising officer, Ensign. I'll patch you through, but he's going to tell you the same thing. Commander Hilliard here. Ah, Commander. I was hoping you could uh, sort out this situation for me. I realize that the files I requested are classified, but uh, given the circumstances, I was hoping you would be able to understand the need for some expediency. Of course. You wouldn't mind answering a few questions. Um, of course not, if it's necessary. Now, you've requested Security Chief Otto's medical records from Stardate... 49419, sir. And you state that he has contracted the morphogenic virus that's infected the founders. Correct. How did he contract it? Presumably when he linked with one of them, sir. You're saying that he's been in contact with the enemy? Yes, but not recently. It happened over a year ago. Now, I assume that you've done your own scans of Otto over the years. Of course. Then why do you need ours? To use as a point of comparison in hopes of finding a cure, sir. A cure? That's right. Is there anything else, sir? No. No, that pretty much covers it. Good. So, um, when can I expect to receive a copy of these files? I'm afraid those files are classified. But I thought you just asked me all these questions in order to clear me to receive them. No, no, you misunderstood. I can't release those files to anyone that doesn't have Sigma-9 clearance. Listen, I don't give a damn about Sigma-9 clearance. All I care about is finding a cure for this disease. I fail to see why you're so determined to cure a disease that infects our enemy. We're at war, Doctor. The Founders have nothing to do with it. Odo's life is at stake. Odo, who by your own admission has been known to consort with the enemy. Sir, you have to understand the circumstances. I don't care about the circumstances. If you find a cure, there's a good chance it'll fall into Dominion hands. That's a risk that Starfleet Medical is not willing to take. Request for the files is denied. Now, if I were you, I would drop this matter. Otherwise, I'll have to refer it to Starfleet Security. Well, 
Yeah, it didn't go too well. I can understand their point a little bit, but... Uh... Sounds like a typical bureaucrat flexing his muscles. No, it was more than that. He practically accused me of being a traitor. Made it sound like I was in league with the Dominion just because I wanted to help Odo. Well, maybe the attack on Starfleet headquarters has him spooked. You know, guys like Hilliard are used to sitting behind their desks, not under them. If only I could get a hold of that file. Maybe the captain can request it. Well, does he have Sigma-9 clearance, whatever that is? For Odo's sake, we better hope so. Now the runabout uh, that Kira, Odo, and Garrick are on is, is getting pretty close to where Damar is. To their secret little hideout. And they've transported down. Now they're being led through these cave areas to meet up with Damar. Welcome to the headquarters of the Cardassian Liberation Front. It's been a long time. Yes, it has. Did you bring the supplies we requested? Food replicators, weapons. I think you'll find everything you've asked for. Excellent. The Cardassian people won't forget the Federation's generosity. How nice. And now that the formalities are over with, let's try to remember that our enemy is the Dominion and not each other. I don't need to be reminded who my enemies are. And this is off to a good start, right? Yeah, we're all buddies, buddies now. A resistance organization is structured into cells, autonomous groups of 10 or 20 people. That way, if anyone gets captured, their ability to compromise the entire organization is limited. They can't be forced to name names that they don't know. Uh, the Obsidian Order worked the same way. We have to decentralize your operation. Having all your men in one place is just too risky. If we scatter our resources, we won't be able to defend ourselves against a Dominion assault. And if you stay in one place, they can wipe out your entire resistance movement in one attack. Smaller groups are safer. They're harder to track down. I'll have my men investigate possible locations for other bases. Good. Now, Odo and Garrick have been looking over your intelligence reports, and they came up with a list of vulnerable facilities for us to target. The weapons depot on Adarak Prime is protected by only a single garrison, and there's a weakness in their perimeter defenses. A small group could infiltrate the compound and Adarak disable... Prime is defended by a Cardassian garrison. That's correct. You expect us to attack our own people? If necessary, yes. That's out of the question. I agree. We'll limit ourselves to targets defended by the Jem'Hadar and the Breen. Oh, believe me, I understand how you feel during the occupation. I didn't want to attack any facility that had a Bajoran working in it, but I did it because they were collaborators. They were working with the enemy. We're not Bajorans. We don't kill our own. Well, then you might as well just give up right now. Because the minute that the Dominion realizes that you will not attack your own people, they will station a Cardassian at every base they have. Yep. She's right. Yep. The Founders won't hesitate to play your own people against you. Anyone who is not fighting with you... Is against is you. against you. Exactly. You can't you pick and choose your, uh, 
your enemies in a situation. Not another word, Rasat. Continue. We would need to disable the garrison's security protocols. I believe that's where I step in. So back here <laughs> on uh, Deep Space Nine. When he realized Captain Sisko had Sigma Nine clearance. So, is the file worth all the trouble you had to go through? There's more data here than I expected. Starfleet Medical certainly worth thorough. Oh, by the way, what happened with the Onesri? Don't ask. Go on. Actually, she got involved with Worf. What? She told you that? Well, not in so many words. Julian, I had a drink with Worf the other day. He told me that he and Ezri were just friends. You must have misunderstood her. You did misunderstand her. I mean, she didn't exactly come out and say it. Or did you at least find out why she's been avoiding you? No. <laughs> That's odd. What? The dispersal pattern in this resonance scan. I've seen it before. What do you mean? When I first came to the station, I had to familiarize myself with Odo's physiology. Dr. Morrow was kind enough to share his data with me. This looks like the scan he did when he first found Odo. Are you sure? There's a lot of numbers there. I saw it with my own eyes not seven years ago. You really are genetically enhanced, aren't you? According to the date, this scan was done when Odo was a Starfleet medical. Two different scans can't have exactly the same dispersal patterns? It's impossible. Someone took Dr. Morrow's results and built up a phony medical workup around them. This isn't Odo's file. They sent a fake. Oh, I can't believe Starfleet Medical would actually make up a fake file just to throw you off. You're right. It isn't something Starfleet Medical would do. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Section 31. An organization that's prepared to do whatever it takes to protect the Federation wouldn't even blink at doing something like this. They don't want me to find a cure. They're afraid the founders will get hold of it. And to keep that from happening. They're willing to let Odo die. Yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. So... First he gives me a medal, then he takes over my command. It makes no sense! Our people have come to see you as a savior of the Empire. That is something Garon cannot tolerate. He wants to be its savior. What's he afraid of? And I'm going to challenge his position. I have no interest in politics. I'm a soldier. By the hand of Kalos, I've earned my position. I've risen through the ranks, fought countless battles, and what has he done? Schemed and plotted his way to power. His military experience is limited. He is not half the tactician you are. Many brave warriors have given their lives in this war. Whatever Gowron's motives are, it is our duty to help him defeat the Dominion. We owe it to our fallen comrades. I am honored to be part of your house. Well, I had better gather my things. This office belongs to Gowron now. 
Yeah, this is a weird uh, little ploy or move by Galron to, to take things over like this. And he wants the glory. I forget what he... Replicated. Are you going to ask him or not? I wouldn't recommend it. It's a legitimate question, Garrett. Maybe. I just don't think it's a proper subject for discussion. Not if we're all supposed to be getting along. Well, if you won't ask him, I will. Oh, no. When you were the head of security on Terraknor, what did you think was going to happen to the Bajoran prisoners you arrested? You don't have to answer that. Why not? It's a legitimate question. If you want to provoke an argument. Just as I said. I expected that my prisoners would be dealt with justly. But I soon came to realize that Cardassians have little interest in justice. Well then, why didn't you resign in protest? What are you getting at? Maurice, don't. I believe you've struck a nerve. Apparently, Commander Kira doesn't like to be reminded that her lover collaborated with her enemies. Odo wasn't a collaborator. I suppose that depends on your definition of collaborator. Maurice, it isn't worth it. Odo's right, Commander. I guess we have a difference of opinion. You don't know how lucky you are. Oh, why is that? She would have killed you. <laughs> I only wish she had tried. Well, I'm glad we're in agreement. You want to knock over some supplies, be my guest. You did the right thing, Norice. The Dominion is our enemy, not Rousseau. I don't need you to remind me of that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm... I'm sorry. Oh. It's just... Uh, it's just so hot in here. Well, the Cardassians do love the heat. I don't. I'm gonna go see if I can find a cooling unit. I'll come with you. It's all right. I promise I won't hit anyone. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> yeah, Odo is... Um, he's got a problem with his hand here. Some of his, uh, you know, cells are kind of degrading. It looks like the disease is uh, starting to affect him, too. this. Believe what? Damar actually had a cooling unit waiting for us. What's wrong? Nothing. I was just worried that you might have had another run-in with Roussat. Don't worry. I'm gonna keep a cool head. Assuming, of course, I can get this thing to work. And now we're back uh, with uh, the blind Ducat and Kai Wynn. Tell me. 
Why are you there? I'm here. I spoke with a doctor. She says she can find nothing wrong with your eyes. Then she's incompetent. A Cardassian doctor would have cured me by now. You still don't understand, do you? The you don't understand the power of the Pahraiths. For your arrogance. Only they can give it back to you. I meant them no disrespect. I only wanted to study the book to see if I could help you learn how to release them. You wanted to see if you could do it without me. Well, you can't. Pray with me, Adami. Help me earn the Pahraith's forgiveness. I'm afraid you'll have to do that on your own. Dor? Deputy Bodon will show you out. Show me out. I don't understand. Why do you need a lesson in humility? I'm going to see that you get it. By putting me out on the street. You'll find the Bajoran people are very kind. A blind beggar will elicit their sympathies, I'm certain. And with any luck, you'll earn enough to eat, and perhaps even enough for shelter each night. One of the uh, other not, ideas for Demar was he was going to be actually a double agent at one point. Restored. He was going to be secretly working Bodon. for uh, Weyoun and, and the Dominion. Yes. But they decided they Adami. didn't want to do that with him. They wanted Adami, him more interacting. Please. Yeah, you're going. You're out on the street there, uh, Ducat. They wanted uh, Demar to more work with the Federation and the main characters of Deep Space Nine, so they decided to not do Enter. the double agent idea come in come in hmm. so now we're with Galran and I've been studying the strategic we've got uh, another little meeting here with him and uh, Worf and uh, of course Martok and his in his new office the Dominion is deploying its fleet in preparation for a final offensive they're destroying our ships one by one. We must hold the line until the Federation and Romulan fleets become operational again. No, don't you see? That's exactly what the enemy is expecting. The time to act is now. What are you proposing, Chancellor? We're going on the offensive. Starting tomorrow, I'm sending sorties deep into enemy territory to strike at the very heart of the Dominion. The heart of we the Dominion. We are barely holding the line as it is. We need every ship we have to defend the border. What's wrong with you two? <laughs> Don't you understand? We must seize the day. We are outnumbered 20 to 1. What of it? The element of surprise will be on our side. Chancellor, in my opinion... Did I ask your opinion? For a few minutes it'd be on your side and then... Trust me, my friends. I can see it all so clearly. While our allies sit and do nothing. This guy's just a power-hungry madman, basically. Gauron is at this time. triumph over the Dominion. We'll be the saviors of the Alpha Quadrant. The glory will be ours. Our glory will and be ours. You are crazy, Gauron. I don't know, Julian. If Section 31 is involved in this, maybe we should tell the captain. Oh, we've been over this, Miles. 
If we tell him, he'll have to report it to Starfleet Command. 31 will certainly get wind of it. And once they realize we've figured out the files are fake, they'll take steps to make sure we don't find a cure. Mm. I see your point. What steps do you think they might take? Believe me, we don't want to find out. Excuse me, gentlemen. Is that coffee? I figured you were probably working on a way to help Bodo. I thought this is the least I can do. How did you know Odo was ill? I hear things. Yeah, well, keep it under your hat, will you? Why? Just do it. All right. All right, you still want the coffee? Odo would be touched if he knew you were doing this. You're not gonna tell him, are you? It'll be our little secret. Good luck. Yeah, Quark still, you know, he he likes Odo, even though they've always been this sort of uh, McCoy Spock Ego. thing. Hang on, hang on. I'm just trying to figure out when Odo became infected. I analyzed the sample he left and mapped out the life cycle of the virus and programmed the computer to calculate just how long it took for the virus to reach its present level of concentration. That makes sense. Well, according to that, he was infected over two years ago? More than that. I just don't understand. I assumed he became infected when he linked with the female shapeshifter. But if it happened that long ago, how come he's never shown any symptoms before? Good question. Got it. Stardate 49419. Almost three years ago. Wait a minute. 49419? That's the day that Odo was at Starfleet Medical. You sure? Yes. My God, no wonder Hilliard wouldn't let me see the file. Section 31 must have created the virus, infected Odo, and then used him as a carrier. So when he'd link with another changeling, he'd pass it on. Eventually, the entire race would be infected. 31 isn't just trying to stop us from finding a cure. They're trying to cover up the fact that they set out to commit genocide. Well, if they gave Odo this disease, then they must have a cure. We have to find a way to get our hands on that cure. Huh. Before 31 gets their hands on us. Yes, you do. So there we go with uh, this episode of Deep Space Nine. I'm going to dial down the music now. When it rains... Yeah, it's a good one. I, I, I like this, like I said at the beginning, I like this arc of uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I like the way they uh, wrapped up the show in Season 7. A lot of things going on, you know, the Gauron uh, situation, Kira helping, uh, you know, these Cardassian resistance fighters under Damar, this stuff going on with um, finding a cure for Odo. It, it's um, a lot of complicated threads happening, and uh, they do a good job of, uh, of keeping it all moving along uh, towards the end of the series. So uh, I think that's all I want to say about that. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that, and I will be back in a moment. We'll wrap up today's podcast. Do you experience bouts of geekdom? If so, Anomaly may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's convention reports, cosplay topics, and commentary on Star Wars, Doctor Who, Star Trek, and other sci-fi fantasy genres provided a feeling of fullness while promoting optimal geekiness. 
Anomaly is available over the counter at Stitcher and in the iTunes, Zune, and Blackberry stores. Learn more at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Anomaly, your prescription for geek entertainment. Okay, I'm back. Uh, yeah, so again, hope you enjoyed today's show. We talked about a few things and Deep Space Nine episode. So classic type style show for you guys. Uh, I want to uh, tell you what's coming up on the show. Uh, next weekend, you're going to have a, a guest show with the Ricardo family again. Uh, way back when, they did an episode on uh, po- a guest podcast on Logan's Run. And they are going to be back with a look at, uh, I think this is a 1970s TV series. Not one that I watched real regularly. I watched a few of them back in the day. But it's uh, the UFO TV series. They're going to do that next weekend. And then in two weeks, uh, I will be back with Chris Clemente. And we're going to look at uh, the past TV season, talk about the the things we enjoyed about it in, in, in geek entertainment over the last year on uh, television things like Arrow and Game of Thrones and all that. So, And then in the last weekend of this month, on the 29th, the Star Wars ship guys are going to be back, and they're going to look at the ships of uh, the Empire, the Imperial Group. So they're going to cover those on the last Sunday of June, June 29th. So that's what's coming up on the podcast in the next few weeks. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Uh, any Again, any comments or questions ever, just find us over on uh, treksandsci-fi.com, the Facebook group. Uh, just go to facebook.com slash treksandsci-fi. Uh, if you want to join the forum, send me an email at treksf at gmail.com. Any reviews on iTunes are always fantastic. PayPal donations. There's all kinds of links over at treksandsci-fi.com. So, okay, that's it. I think I'm out of here. You're going to wrap this up, get it edited, try to get it posted up before I go see uh, that cool movie, Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, and I'll talk about that probably. Uh, in a couple of weeks when I'm back on the show. So take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank